Many of this is actionable with behaviors, but of course, we're also going to talk about supplements and we're actually going to talk about a little bit of brain machine interface devices that can actually be involved in manipulating these incredible things that we think of as hunger and appetite and satiety. So the first thing that you need to know about the nervous system side, the neural control over feeding and hunger is that there's an area of your brain called the hypothalamus. It's in the forebrain, which tells you it's in the front of your brain and it's at the base of the forebrain. Now, the hypothalamus contains lots of different kinds of neurons doing lots of different kinds of things. There are neurons in your hypothalamus controlling sexual behavior, controlling body temperature, controlling circadian rhythms, the desire to sleep or be awake, even neurons controlling rage. There are actually neurons that if we're, we were to stimulate them would send you or anyone into a rage. They're just powerful control centers for the brain and body. There's a particular area of the hypothalamus called the ventromedial hypothalamus. And it's one that researchers have been interested for a long time now in terms of its relationship to hunger and feeding. And the reason is it creates these paradoxical effects. What do I mean by that? What they found was that sometimes lesioning or disrupting the neurons in the ventromedial hypothalamus would make animals or people hyperphagic. They would want to eat like crazy. And other lesions in other individuals or animals would make them anorexic. It would make them not want to eat at all. It would make food aversive. So that means that the ventromedial hypothalamus is definitely an interesting control station for hunger and feeding and satiety, but it doesn't really tell you what's going on at a deeper level. In fact, it's a little bit confusing or paradoxical. It turns out that there are multiple populations of neurons in there. We're going to talk about those. Some are promoting feeding and some are promoting not feeding or not eating. Now, the other neural component of all this that you need to know about actually has to do with your mouth. So there's an area of your cortex, so that's a little bit further up in your brain, called the insular cortex. And it processes a lot of different kinds of information, mostly information about what's going on inside you, so-called interoception. The insular cortex has neurons that get input from your mouth, from the touch receptors in your mouth. An insular cortex has powerful control over whether or not you are enjoying what you're eating, whether or not you want to avoid what you're eating, whether or not you've had enough or whether or not you want to continue eating more. And that has to do, believe it or not, with the touch or sensation of eating. I'm very familiar with this. I'm one of these people, I love eating so much that I just like the mere act of chewing. You know, I like celery sticks enough. I'm not crazy about them, but you know, they taste fine to me and I like chewing on celery sticks, but I actually just like chewing on them. I, I could eat all day long, except that it's not healthy to do that. But the mere act of chewing for me is very pleasurable. People who chew gum feel this way as well. And just as a point about gum or chewing, if you chew something like celery or cucumber slices or chew gum, provided it doesn't have any sugar or caloric content, it's not going to drive increased hunger. That generally isn't the case. But if you eat something with sugar, as we'll find out, it has a very specific action in the insular cortex 